0: Welcome to Crime Wave, a podcast featuring mystery, thriller, and suspense authors and the stories behind their stories. Crime Wave is part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network with over 4 million listeners worldwide. I'm your host, Bonner Spring, and my guest today is Kit Frick. Kit is a Dowell Fellow and International Thriller Writers Award finalist from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, She studied creative writing at Sarah Lawrence College and received her MFA from Syracuse University. Before writing her newest novel, The Split, which will be a February 2024 release, Kit was the critically acclaimed author of young adult um, thrillers, Before We Were Sorry. I love these titles. Before We Were Sorry, All Eyes on Us, I Killed Zoe Spanos, Very Bad People, and The Reunion, as well as a poetry collection, A Small Rising Up in the Lungs. Kit loves a good mystery, but has only ever killed her characters honest. I appreciate that disclaimer, Kit, and welcome to Crime Wave.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here today.
0: Well, I'm delighted to get a chance to talk to you. You know, um, when, I, when I chat with authors, I don't know, Um, Their bios are the first things I I learn about them before, you know, before I even dive into the book or anything. Um, And so your background and your young adult resume is so impressive. So with your YA success and with the poetry, what prompted you to write an adult mystery?
1: I had been hoping to write in both the young adult and adult mystery thriller spaces for quite a while, Um, but it it took several years of writing YA thrillers until I had the time to put together an adult book, so the, the thing about having books under contract, as the other, as you and other authors listening will know, is suddenly Uh your time becomes an issue when writing. So I had the good fortune of signing a two book contract um, with my YA publisher for my first two books. And from there, fitting in the time to write an adult book became more and more difficult because I was fortunate to keep getting YA contracts. And so it took (laughs) several years um, of working on an adult novel until I was able to complete a draft and put it on submission. So I, I had been hoping to make this move a little bit earlier in my career than I did, but it was really just a matter of Finding the time. Um, But I'm so glad that, you know, it took a little longer than I wanted, but I got there and I'm thrilled to now be writing for both teens and adults.
0: That's wonderful. And what a happy problem to have that you just kept getting,
1: you know, getting more
0: contracts (laughs) for your YA books and stuff. Yeah, this is. A champagne problem, for sure. That's, oh, that's a lovely way of putting it. Yes, you've got you had a champagne problem, but I hope that you do find success as an adult author um, as well. Um, now, for the crime wave podcast, we we normally focus on you know the crime, you know the puzzle that needs to be solved. So, without giving too much away, can you explain what the question is at the heart of the split? Your new novel.
1: Sure. So The Split is a sliding doors style thriller. Um, If anyone is unfamiliar with the uh, classic Gwyneth Paltrow movie from the 90s, um, the, the concept is there's a moment in time where the protagonist makes a seemingly innocuous um decision in in the movie it's it, not even a decision. it's whether or not she's blocked by a child on the subway steps running down to the train and then in one reality, the character gets on the train and in the other reality she misses the train and her world splits in two. Um, when I was working on the concept for the split, I knew that it wanted to, I wanted it to be slightly more um, imbued with meaning that moment where it did hinge around a decision that the main character makes, but it is a seemingly small decision. Jane, the main character, has a flighty younger sister, Esme. Um, Esme calls her asking for a ride in the middle of a bad thunderstorm and Jane has to choose whether she's going to drop everything and drive from their small Connecticut hometown into New York City to pick Esme up and drive her home, or whether she's going to let Esme figure things out on her own for the evening, crash into friends, and she'll go get her in the morning. Um, So seemingly not that important, but in one reality, Jane does go pick up her sister and Esme comes to live with Jane back in their childhood home. And their that timeline centers around what happens to their relationship and um, what Jane hopes will be a time of bonding becomes quickly very tension-filled and yeah. fraught. Um, and then the other reality, Jane does not focus up her sister, tells her to craft her friends, and Esme probably goes missing. So that timeline is more of a typical mystery procedural. There is a missing woman. Jane takes on, of course, the police are investigating, but not as hard as Jane hopes. And so she herself conducts her own investigation. So um, Puzzle, on the one hand, it's a dark family drama. And on the other hand, it is a missing woman mystery
0: very, very nicely done. And you didn't give away anything. (laughs) That was great. I hope everyone is as intrigued as I was about it. You know, The Split is such a great name for your novel. And it's, it's really, it's a dynamite concept, this one small choice, you know, turn left, you know, turn left or right, you know, up or down, you know, Um, you know, we've all experienced that, haven't we? All of us, all of us go through that. And, you know, Thinking back, you know, tracing it backwards, to minor choices that can change the direction of everything from what's for dinner to the rest of your life, basically, you know? Um, I'm also, I have to tell you this, I'm someone who will wonder to this day, what would have happened if I'd driven to grad school that day instead of taking the train? Oh, Tell yeah, there's a that. there's a story there, but this is this is your this is your podcast. So I'm not <laughs> gonna tell that story. We'll,
1: we'll have to chat more uh to chat okay. more
0: after. <laughs> okay. No, but it's it it's it, it it is such it's such a visceral sort of thing that um it really it grabbed it grabbed me right right from the beginning. Now, was there is there any like what do I want to say? Is there any story behind choosing the the ride in the background i will say that you know you got the the um the nervous driver in the history of the of the the accident going on but was there something that made you pick that as a potential moment in time versus the gazillion other things that could have been the, the moment in time
1: i think that moment in the story where jane is forced to make that choice probably went through I don't know, five or six iterations before Um, I finally settled on um, exactly how it unfolds in the finished book. And there's no, no personal history of a terrible accident in the past or something that was inspired in that way. But it was more about trying to find the right balance between something that is a small decision, but something that was meaningful for the main character, and um, I think that in the initial version, if I'm remembering correctly, um, it was actually a train, um, whether or not Jane would let Esme get on the train to go to the city, so it had Mm. to do with Esme's actions and not Jane's. And that didn't work quite right because this is really about Jane and her decision. So it, it evolved from whether or not Esme would go into the city to meet with so the, the premises she's supposed to be having dinner with um, her husband that she's recently split from. Um, and so it evolved from that into how could we have the choice be completely about Jane so let's let Esme already be in the city and Jane's making the decision what might be holding her back and so um all the choices that I made as a writer had to do with making the most impactful choice for Jane and giving her the most agency Mm. in that moment And I think we've all had moments like this, as you're alluding to with your graduate school story. Um, You know, there are, of course, many decisions that we make every single day that are truly small and probably are not going to have any huge, meaningful impact on our lives. But there are also those moments where something does happen Um, and I don't know what, what happened on your, I'm going to imagine what happened on your graduate school drive adventure, but so I'm picturing you driving to school and picking up a hitchhiker and that Mm. spiraling into either this wonderful conversation with a person you never would have met, or maybe things went horribly awry. I have no idea, but I can imagine on the other side of that thinking, you know, if I had just gotten flight instead of or taken the train, instead of making this drive, I either wouldn't have made this wonderful connection or this truly scary experience wouldn't have happened. And I think we've all had moments like that where when something really critical does happen in our lives, we think, you know, this really only happened because... I decided to pick up the phone this morning, or I didn't have time to call, mm-hmm. or I screamed, or something like that. And we can look back on the innocuous seeming decision that led to something important in our lives. So I think it will be something that, you know, whether or not the readers have a fear of driving in a storm there will be something that is relatable about that moment because we've all had, we've all made those choices that have ended up um, taking our lives in directions that we then wonder what would have happened had they gone the other way.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. and. Um Frankly, the way you, you you took that question is like easy to see why you're a successful author because boy, those are like great stories that you could write. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the hitchhiker. Story. <laughs> I particularly like the hitchhiker story. Um, so um, you've kind of answered the next thing I wanted to talk to you about, but there was a a, a cool comment um, that I read about the split that um uh, that I wanted to ask you about. Hang on, I wrote it down. I'm gonna have to read it. Um, and um, how an unanticipated event can alter our perceptions of who people are, even people we think we know well. Is that sort of what happened when you were working with Jane and Esme about about this? I don't know, maybe you don't agree with this comment. It was, it was a reader comment, and I don't know ah. if you agree with it or not. Start there. Let's start there. Do you agree with that?
1: I think they do. Um, And that's so interesting because I now several books into this whole writing and publication thing. I do a pretty good job of steering clear of my reader comments um, because I have really come to accept them as a space for readers and not for me, but occasionally something comes to me in uh, a circumstance like this. And it's always fascinating to hear what uh, someone has taken away from the novel. I do think that I agree with the reader. It's certainly in working on the character development for both Jane and Esme, there were, so Esme is, of course, the person that's being referred to here that Jane does her sister. She doesn't know as well as she thought she did. Um, and actually, I think it goes both ways. Um, in without giving too much away, I think both Sisters come to learn things about the other that wow. um, they would not have if they did not have this this experience. Um, right. But yes. It, so your question was was that something that I was aware of or yeah,
0: basic basically. And I guess I wanted to add something to that as well. It's in my mind. It's it's not so much just the one decision, but. It's what this is what you alluded to earlier the cascading effect over time and consequences from the decisions you know it might not make a difference what you have for dinner tonight I don't know why I'm going back to that maybe I'm hungry <laughs> but um, but but it it might you go to the grocery store and you pick up a hitchhiker I oh, don't. No.
1: Right. Back to our hitchhiker. I'm oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> We're gonna have to stop I'm gonna have to stop doing that. Um so yes, yeah, so the, the whole, setting the whole thing up like that, the idea being where I want to go with that is you've got sisters here. Yes. Okay. Okay, now do you have a sister? I don't. And oh,
1: yes. I, so so this is this is always such an interesting question because I, this is not my first novel that has involved sisters. Um, okay. It's a a, a a casting scenario that I keep coming back to in my work. And I think while of course the the common adage is write what you know, I think just as instructive can be write your obsessions or mm-hmm. write what is absent from your life and you are drawn toward exploring. And so I grew up as an only child and I I love being an only child. I certainly, I don't have a deep wound about not having, (laughs) um, but I have always been fascinated by sibling stories and especially sister relationships. I think simply because I did not have one. I did not have cousins that were close in age to me. Um, it was just sort of a family dynamic that I didn't have. And so I keep writing sibling and sister and big family stories um, because I'm so interested in exploring those in my fictional worlds because it is so different from the small close knit family that I grew up in.
0: That's great. Um, the main reason I wanted to make sure I asked you that question Kit was because um my most recent novel um it's also a sister story yeah okay so you know enough about me to know Mm -hmm. it's a sister it is it's a sister story and frankly it's a sister disappeared story and I'm not going to tell you anything more than you don't know on the first page so that's also okay but the first time I did a live um uh a a live uh what do you call it? You know, when I talk about my book, um, an event. Yes, <laughs> event. Thank you, dear. That was the right word. Uh, <laughs> the first my, my first live event for this book. A nice lady raised her hand and asked me um, if my sister had read my book. Ah, okay. I don't have a sister. Okay. You also don't and, have a sister. And I I have been asked that question on several other occasions. I don't know what it is that drives us to do this, but it is I thought it was really interesting. Um, no, my sister didn't We. I don't have a sister. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I need to ask you um what I guess I think is a process question. Sure. I'm pretty sure I can. I can lightly swear on this podcast. How the Mm -hmm. hell did you keep the story straight in your head? That's Um, what I need to know. Yeah. That's that's what I I mean.
1: Everybody's going
0: to need to know that.
1: um, Massive outlining. This was definitely... So I found that over the course of writing several novels, what I hoped would happen after I wrote my first novel, Before We Were Sorry which takes place in two timelines. It's not split reality. It's a much more straightforward path toggling between past and present. Um, But I took a very convoluted route that I would never repeat toward writing that story wherein I wrote the entire past timeline and then the entire present timeline. And then wove them together. And it was extremely difficult to make all those little connections that you need to make as you shift back and forth between chapters because I had written it in this way. And it was just a, the function of being a novice writer. I felt that I needed to have the entire past written. How could I possibly write the present if I had not written the past? Since then, I really leaned into the magic of the outline because that is the answer to how you can have (laughs) something written without actually having written it first. Um, But I have found that each book really requires its own pre-writing work. And I had certainly hoped that I would find one method and it would just be fine-tuned with every book and it would you know, not be like reinventing the wheel every time. And unfortunately, at least for me, it has not worked that way. But I have learned how to outline. And this was a book that certainly called for that because of the split reality format and because I knew that I wanted to not only be developing a story that moved forward in time at the same pace in both timelines so that we, we're not winding up with, on Friday in timeline where Esme is home and suddenly we're on Tuesday in the timeline where she's missing and it's baffling to the reader. But there were also just so many little details that I wanted to introduce in both timelines as little Easter eggs for the reader to find, just little points of interest about the two realities that would go back and forth. So um, I did really lean into, I think I had, I don't even know, 20, 30 pages of outline, maybe Mm -hmm. before I started writing. And I always leave my outlines, even with all that, I do leave them open enough for exploration in the writing process. I don't want to bore myself by feeling like I have already written the novel before I've written it. So I do just write a quick little paragraph about what needs to happen in each chapter. But yes, outlining, outlining is the answer. I don't. I know no other way.
0: Right. There is no magic bullet. There is there. Um. So um, are you writing something new now, Kit? I am. And if you are, could you share just a little bit about what, where you might be going? Sure. Going
1: Yes. So I'm, I'm always, I'm always writing on some writing something new. I'm always working on something. Um, Right now I am working on two things. One, I can tell you more about than the other. So I'll start with the one I can't tell you much about, um, which is I'm, Putting together the proposal for what my next young adult thriller will be and that book is not yet under contract and i am still working at the concept stage so more on that to come but working on a new ya mystery um and then on the adult side i am writing my next adult book which will be out sometime in 2025 i don't know exact date yet, but um, keep an eye out for more in the coming year. And it is a multi-point of view thriller set in Italy on Lake Como. So it does, not mm. have, it does not yet have a final title and can't tell you much, but I am deep in the drafting of that book and excited to share a lot more closer to the time. Uh-huh.
0: Gosh, that sounds absolutely great. Thank you. Um, So before we go off the air, can you tell our listeners uh, where you're most active online and where they can find you, how how to find you? Absolutely. Um, The
1: two best ways to find me online are on Instagram, and I am at Kit Frick. And via my newsletter. Um, I send out a monthly newsletter. There's a giveaway every month, the peak peak behind the scenes about what I'm working on, and other fun book news. And you can sign up from the homepage of my website, which is kitfrick.com.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, listen, it's just been a super pleasure talking to you. And Thank you for coming in. Best wishes for the split and for the new stuff that's coming out. And perhaps you'll come back and talk to us again sometime soon.
1: I would love that. Thank you so much for having me.